When it comes to your walk with Christ, there are many different branches on that tree. Anxiety, fear, depression, anger, lust, God's promises, how Jesus walked the earth, the true meaning of love, how to grow spiritually, temptations and how to fight them, building relationships with Jesus, and the list goes on and on. Well, we're here to talk about that. This is Come Closer. Our passion and our goal is to go deeper in Christ and build a relationship with Jesus to make it personal. We want to spread the gospel and learn more about the Bible and what it's actually saying. On this show, you'll get 100% sincerity. And you know what? We're going to have fun along the way. Welcome to Come Closer. Now your hosts, Joe and Troy. Welcome back to another episode of Come Closer. I'm with my good friend Troy here. How are you, Troy? I'm uh, doing excellent. How about yourself? Doing good, man. It's uh, it's been it's been a lot recently. So I know, like we said, that we were going to come in pretty soon with another episode, but life has had its challenges and a lot of changes for me and Tiffany. We both started new jobs, and it's been taking up a lot of our time course getting ready with um the baby's room and getting everything prepared for him and we were actually supposed to i think last week record this episode but unfortunately um my father had a stroke and that kind of made us um kind of put everything on the back burner so we do apologize for taking like i guess for you know saying we're going to be doing a little bit quicker but taking another month to do our next episode but we really want to delve into these topics and make sure that these topics are are well thought out, they're well planned, they're being led by God. So we take this very seriously. So thanks for giving us patience, man. But how have you been, man? What's new with you? Um, honestly, to tell you the truth, man, work's been really crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's been a lot. But um, hey, I'll tell you what, uh, the ability to even have a job, um, that right there is a win itself. You know, yeah. and to everything, man, to God be the glory. You know, I kind of, you got to stop looking at things where it's like, man, this is going horrible. But, you know, certain things are going horrible in life. Other people aren't blessed to have, Yeah, you know. So I, I thank God for what I do have and thank God for, you know, any any issues that I did have at work. You know, it's just, hey, mm-hmm. they're making me stronger or, or reaching other people. You know, it was said is, is being said, you know, but I, um. I got this book and it's called the 21 days of prayer. Yeah. And it's, um, it's pretty good. You know, I've been looking through it, highlighting certain portions and stuff like that. And, you know, it, and it goes into the Lord's prayer, but it's isolating, you know, small features of the prayer and talking about it. And, you know, so I think it's pretty good. We'll put it out. I'll definitely put it out to come closer. You know, if, uh, yeah. my studying, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, um, we've um, twenty one days. Uh, I've looked at twenty one days of prayer before. It's a it's a great resource. And one of the old churches that me and Tiffany went to actually always has a series every month. Uh, I think it's the first Wednesday of every month. They do twenty one days of prayer, and prayer is just such an important tool of our of our walk with God. It's a it's our communication to God. It 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 doesn't have to be. Always, you know, oh, praise to you, oh, Father, oh, Lord, you know, where people think like traditional prayers are. It's your conversation point. It's where you meet Father in that, you meet the Father in that sacred place, and you have that dialogue. And he he reveals a lot of stuff for us. So prayer is so important. And I just wanted to thank you guys. Actually, give like a personal thing out to you. Not just as a as a personal mentor, as a, as a spiritual mentor and friend, you know. We've talked a lot about stuff with what's been going on with me, challenges that I've been having, and just rallying around my family as well in this kind of tough time. 
So, but prayer works. Like, again, me and Tiffany are a living testimony and my family are a living testimony of the power of prayer. So if you ever feel discouraged, I know it sounds so cliche, but you just pray because, you know, that's your dialogue with God and he's listening. Um, you know, you don't know how he's going to answer. So thank you for that, Troy. Thank you for always being a spiritual mentor, a friend, and an encouragement. So I appreciate that a lot. Oh, amen. Hey, this, I'm blessed, blessed to have you in my life as well, my brother. Amen, buddy. Thank you. And I'm sitting in this closet again where my where we, we were talking about last time, trying to get those good acoustics, trying to get our nuances up and about, um, making sure that this podcast sounds as crisp as possible. So uh, we've been – it's hard this topic that we've been kind of talking to and we've um, been very thoughtful and I think we've had numerous calls and dialogues and how we want to approach it. But I'm going to, I'm going to let you take lead on this man. We'll kind of follow through, man. You kind of tell us, tell the listeners what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Okay. Well, I know this is going to be a a very sensitive topic and um, I know it may hit home for, you know, certain individuals or, and everybody may not be in agreement, and, and I can understand that. You know, the whole thing is just to um, mainly get the truth out there. Yeah. You know, we we sometimes want to give ourselves over to our own understanding, our own ways of thinking, our own ways of just who we are and what we would do, you know, mm-hmm. versus understanding what God's word says and the truth. So as we go into this topic, and I know it's very controversial, it's, you know, dealing with the LGBTQ plus community. And, um, and, it, and, and before we get started, I just want to let everybody know that we're not here to bash or anything like that. That's not, that's not the intent, mm-hmm. right? But the intent is to go ahead and just go over some things that have been studied and talk yeah. and just have a general conversation about the matter. Yeah. Um, you know, before we go ahead and get started, let's, let's go ahead and get some prayer. Amen, buddy. So, dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for this day that you have made. We thank you for this conversation we're about to get into, Lord God. We pray that you let your Holy Spirit abide in the midst of this conversation, that you have your way, that we navigate through the ways of your word and truth only, Lord God, and not of opinion. Lord, we thank you for who you are, Lord God, and I pray that everything that is said is coming off in a loving way. And we praise you, Lord God, for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Yeah. So, um, you know, before we get started, right, so I, I, I heard a uh, analogy that mm-hmm. I like to use, and i like us to think about this analogy as we go through the rest of this conversation. Okay. And the analogy goes like this. So, Joe, me and you are in a room together, right, in a house. Yeah. And, you know, we're there watching TV or whatever we're doing. And I have my dog with me. So I go downstairs. You know, I tell you I'm going downstairs. I'm about to walk my dog. As I go out the back door, I set my dog down. There's a snake. And I see the snake. I pick my dog up. And I run back upstairs into the room. And I sit down. I don't say anything to you about the snake. A couple of minutes later, you say, hey, I'm about to go take this phone call outside. I'm going to go through the back. Yeah. As you go down outside and through the back of the yard, the snake bites you. You run back upstairs, and he's like, oh, I got bitten by a snake. Mm-hmm. And now I look at you, and I tell you, oh, I saw that snake. What do you think you're going to say? Why didn't you warn me about the snake? Exactly, right? Why mm-hmm. didn't you warn me about something that could possibly kill me, do me harm, may bring me down? You know, and I think I think if you think about us spreading the truth, spreading the word of God, we all have choices. You can either choose to believe or choose not to believe. It's either way. It's it's your choice originally. Mm -hmm. But us telling you about the gospel, telling you about how good God is and telling you about his laws, telling you about what is sin. It all boils down to that. Right. Do you want to be saved from something that could possibly kill you? Or say, hey. It's my opinion. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing. And that's mm-hmm. and that's as we I, as we get into this conversation. I want us to go ahead and think about. It. And I got that I got that um, analogy from uh, this lady named by uh, Shane McCain McCain. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's she's pretty pretty. I think I said her name wrong, but <laughs> her last name is <laughs> name. And uh, she used to be a Disney char, a Disney star, but she's okay. like, you know, really big. Um, she she got dropped by Disney, went into um, you know, just doing her own little thing. And there's no shot at Disney or anything, but she just of course. went different little ways. But you know, uh, her analogy from her dad was really good, and she used it. And I was like, man, that's awesome. So that is awesome. But yeah, I think we, as we talk about, you know, these, this controversial topic as a whole, gets really big into, you know, what we have, you know, here in society, you know, and then as you can tell people about the truth and about the gospel, Mm -hmm. are they going to be receptive to it or not? Yeah. You know, and that's everybody, right? It's not just, you know, people of that community or anything like that. It's anybody in general, Mm -hmm. right? Once upon a time, it could have been us, you know, or us, you know. So, well, like you said, it um, it doesn't just pertain to a certain subject. It's it's how everything is always perceived, and how it's interpreted, and it's always everyone has a different interpretation or a different analogy of what they think is right or wrong. But the truth is, is what does the Bible say? What does the definitive word of God say about everything? Because God's word is the authoritative truth. That is his, his undeniable um, message to us. It's his heavenly inspired messages. And people think, of course, well, it could have been twisted and material, um, twisted and misinterpreted. But no, if you look at it spiritually, it's the same from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The only difference is that now we are covered by grace, where before we had to do these certain acts to obtain a way to be in the presence of God. Now God lives in with us for the power of the Holy Spirit through Christ Jesus' sacrifice. That's what the grace is. But God's word hasn't changed. And his law is still the same. His law will be forever. His word is forever. So we need to come in taking into that as well that whatever happens, God doesn't move. And your interpretation might change, but God's word is the truth. And that's what we stand by on the word of God and his truth. And that's the bottom line. Man. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, but I, you know, along with that, right? We're not perfect. Mm-hmm. No, we course. aren't. We aren't. We all fall short of grace. But the whole yeah. thing is that, you know, this this sensitive topic has been you know, preached in a way that sometimes, you know, people aren't, you know, receptive to it. And no. in which it's, it's, it's your right. It's, it's very much your right not to be as receptive to it, right? And then, yeah. especially if somebody is coming across as, as bashing you and you're mm-hmm. feeling bashed, right? I think, yeah. and that's all up to interpretation too. It could be, hey, they're telling you what you just don't want to hear. Of course. And you're not receiving it because you don't want to hear it. So therefore it's bashing. And it could be, right? I don't, I don't know yeah. situations. Or it could be there are some churches out there that really do push very hard and push the agenda, and we try to make people grow, and that's not our job, right? The burner yeah. guy says, you know, we it's two things that we're supposed to do: we're either to plant the seed mm-hmm. or to water it, and God will mm-hmm. land it grow. When yeah. I, when we plant the seed, planting the seed can be simply telling you about how good God is, mm-hmm. telling you about the laws, telling you about things that are. Are not controversial, but are sin into the Bible and what you need to look out for, you know. And then God does the rest because you want to go ahead and know what you can and cannot do, right? You know, think about it like this: if you know the speed limit is fifty-five, mm-hmm. but you go seventy-five everywhere you go, are you not breaking the law? You are. You are. But the whole mm-hmm. thing is that when we break that law of going fifty-five, going over a fifty-five mile per hour. We know, we willingly know that we're going over 55. It's not like, oh, I didn't know I was going over 55. That's something that we tell the cops, you know, but that's not, yeah. it's, that's, it's not really true. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's something that we're saying, hey, we understand what is wrong, but we're going to do it anyway. And that's in the whole, in the whole point of, of the word of God is we're trying to tell you what is wrong, but it's on you to do it anyway. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's overall your choice. We can't choose for you, right? Just like we have our own little things. If I sit there and I tell a lie and I tell somebody a lie, right? And 
lo and behold, they truly believe what I was saying, right? Even me saying a lie in the first place is a sin. But them believing me into the lie is even more of a sin now. Of course. You know? So now, so it's, and, it, and it could have been something stupid, right? Like, oh, hey, your car is not in the front driveway. You lied. And it's, your car is actually there, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, you got to understand that sin is sin regardless, whether mm-hmm. it be homosexuality, whether it be pedophilia, whether it be bestiality, whether it be uh, stealing, whether it be murder, any of those things, right? Pride, gluttonous. All of those things account to sin, yeah. you know, and none of them are greater than the other. They are the same sin. It's sin is sin. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is a rule. You're breaking a rule. You're breaking a rule. Yeah. You know, and I don't want anybody to feel like, hey, we're pressurizing you to change your life. No, that's not for us to do. Our thing is to yeah. tell you, plant the seed and water it and let God mm-hmm. change you. That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that is the overall goal. And you make such a good point because there's a. There's a lot of this that there's a lot of shades of areas of gray that we need that people kind of gloss over. And the thing is, like, we we have to caveat again. It's not our place to ever make you feel bad, to say horrible, demeaning, disgusting names like some other people. And that's where Christianity has gotten a bad rap in this. And I can understand because there's a lot of hurt in the community because of because of the way it's been presented the way that we've been very a lot of people who are claiming to be christian have been so unchristlike in their in their response and their approach to it which has damaged the agenda even more and again our our job is not to shame you our job is not to make you feel bad our job is not to to make fun of you or or make you feel ostracized but god's law is god's law and god's truth is god's truth and he does say that it is a sin and that any sin separates us from god's glory and if you know this and you know where sin ultimately leads to separation from the father why would you not want to save someone to do that it's like a parent you know a child is doing something wrong like you said but you have to go ahead and do corrective steps. And again, it's all about context and finding the right space. You don't go up to people and you start bashing them. You show them change and you show them them by love, by kindness, by getting a dialogue started. And then if they're open to it and receptive to it, then you talk about change and what it means. Because that's what Christ did. He didn't go straight to Mary who was um, who was a prostitute and chastise her and hurt her and call her names or make fun of of our good friend Matthew, who was a tax collector, who was the lowest of the low in, in Jewish society, to Peter, who was you know a fisherman again, lowest of the low. People that were on the outskirts think, thinking that they were not acceptable to anyone. God came. And he loved on them. And he showed he showed them grace and compassion. He showed them mercy. He didn't part their faults out to them. He showed them that there's a different way. And that's all it is. Because all sin, regardless of what it is, and I want to preface this as well, no sin is greater than the other. And there's a lot of people that think that certain sins are greater. They're not. Anything that gives separation from the Father, whatever it is, is wrong. That could be from anything we do. But there's the areas of gray where a lot of churches lean on, like we said, lean on grace as, oh, grace has covered this. Grace has covered that. You can live in this style. You can do this because grace has forgiven you. But the Bible says, and Jesus says, take up your cross and come follow me. That means when we have that interaction with the Father, where we ask Jesus to be our Lord and our Savior, and the Holy Spirit comes into us, we are made new. We are a brand new slate. That's where it's called the second birth, right? We are made new. So every past mistake, past self, it's gone. It's dead. It's buried. You are a new creation in Christ. So you live in that and you walk in that. And that means 
putting those past things that you did away. That's not who you are anymore. You don't live in that. That's when you were a slave to sin. You were born in sin and you were a slave to the world. Because the world, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve the world and you can't serve God. You have to make a choice. So if you choose to follow Christ and claim yourself as a follower of Christ, say, I am a new creation in Christ. You have to put that stuff aside and know that sin separates you from the Father. So you turn from that sin. And that doesn't mean you don't mess up. That doesn't mean that you don't like make mistakes. That's where the grace comes in where you can say, Lord, I made a mistake. Whatever it is, I ask for forgiveness. Help me to change this so I don't do this again. That's what Paul was talking about. But that's what happened in Corinth back in the day. They tried to serve two masters. They were trying to keep the old traditions of the Greek Hellenistic lifestyle that they had, you know, which was very, like, very decadent. It was a lot of, um, like, hedonistic behavior. But Paul said, that can't happen. And he said in in 1 Corinthians 6 through 9, or do you, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals. So unfortunately, homosexuality is a sin. It separates us from a fire that like anything exists. So when you, became, you become a Christian, you turn away from that lifestyle and you become a new being in Christ. Yeah, and um, so this is just a ping off of a few things. So mm-hmm. Hebrews 10 and 26. Mm-hmm. All right, so if, for if we sin willfully, after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth, right? Knowing what you should do and what you shouldn't do, right? Knowing that you should be doing 55 miles per hour versus doing 75. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. You're, you're, you're tapering with grace. And, and, and this doesn't, and, and here, here's the difference, right? And I want to uh, elaborate on this a little bit more. Sure. It doesn't go off of, you know, anybody who is a part of that community and doesn't know wrong. Exactly. It doesn't, because you don't know wrong. You can't be, you, yeah. d- you don't know the right way to do. So therefore, it's, it's not, we're not talking to you. But we know everybody isn't in that category. Some, somewhere for another, somebody has told someone the truth that is a part of there and it's mm-hmm. spread a little bit. Or that, or you maybe, you've, you've seen a few videos or, 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 or bashings or whatever else that you want to call it where people are talking about the community in that kind of way, you know, and, and I get it and, and I understand how it comes off hot style, but this is what I, I challenge anybody to do is to read the word of God for themselves. Yeah. It's, it's, if you're reading it and you're hearing it from us and it's not hitting you right, or you're not understanding it, you got to read the word of God for yourself to get it and understand it in the right context and ways. Cause I mean, we can talk to you, and understand it from a different perspective versus the way that you get it, you may perceive it a different way. And it just, and it, it may happen like that. But that's why the bar of God says, to study to show thyself approved, rightfully dividing the word of God. Mm-hmm. You have to know it for yourself. You can't, mm-hmm. going, going to church every Sunday is good. And I'm not mm-hmm. taking anything away from you going ahead and, and worshiping on Sunday. But it's more than that. You have to know this word of God for yourself. You have to divide it. You have to make time. Because that's other than that, how else are you going to understand and study a little bit more and get those aha moments, you know? Because I get them, and I'm like, oh, aha, you know? Yeah. But so I, I want to elaborate on, on a few more things, right? Of course. So one of the one of the things I, w- I want to talk about is, is Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, mm-hmm. we, use, we like to throw this term out there and say that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed with homosexuality. There was a lot of other things that was going on with Sodom and Gomorrah other than homosexuality. Yes, yeah, that's very true. Very true. But also, mm-hmm. along with that, you got to understand this point. Sodom and Gomorrah isn't only talked about in Genesis. It isn't. It's no. talked about in a few other places. And one of the other places I would like to talk about is back in Jude, the seventh chapter. Right? Mm-hmm. And it reads like this. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. 
are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, this is showing you that that is deeper and it goes more than just what we thought. It was more. It was definitely homosexuality, but it was other things on top of that. Because homosexuality isn't the only sin. That is not the only thing wrong. You know, there are other things that constitute a sin as well. They are, right? And I just want everybody to understand that. But when you get in these contexts, right, I heard somebody tell me, say before that um, when Jesus spoke, he never spoke about homosexuality. Now I'm going to clear this up just to go ahead and tell you that he did. But I want you to read it for yourself and understand it and do the research for yourself to gather this. So there's a Greek word named pornea. And before I even go too far, so just to understand the context of the Bible, you have your Old Testament that was written predominantly in Hebrew and Aramaic. And then you have your New Testament that was written in Greek. All right. But there are still some Aramaic words inside there as well. Right. When Jesus is speaking, you know, there are certain contexts that are in there. I want you to go ahead and find out. That'll be your homework. It's a pretty good study. But in this Greek word in the New Testament, it talks about this word named pornea. And it's P-O-R-N-E, pornea. Mm -hmm. Now, there's different, they, they call them the pornea codes because there's different versions of them inside the Bible. But the word pornea still elaborately means the same thing. Yeah. You know, so when it goes to, you know, where Jesus is talking about in Matthew 5 and 32, you know, and this reading from the NASB, it says, but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery. Mm -hmm. And whoever marries, divorce, marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, the, the word pornea is translated differently in different Bibles. Right? Mm -hmm. For example, in the NAS, pornea is translated as unchastity. The King James Version translates the word pornea as fornication. The NIV translated the NIV, the NET, and the ESV translates pornea as immorality. Mm -hmm. All right? So, mm -hmm. you know, and then you go into like the NLT, which is, it says unfaithful, which unfortunately misses the whole word of pornea, right? But the definition is literally telling you everything that it has in there, right? It's talking about yeah. it's talking about how you have your homosexuality, your bestiology, your various sexual activities, incest, immoralities, right? And you can find all these small passages, you know, such as Jude seven, Leviticus eighteen and twenty three, First mm -hmm. Corinthians seven and two, First Corinthians five and one, and Revelation nine and twenty one. It's it's a it's a whole bunch of them that that just keeps going through. And I want everybody to understand that, hey, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you want to take my word for it. I want you to go look for the answer and find it yourself. Because this is stuff like this. When you study a little bit more and you go a little bit deeper, you find small things where you know certain things are wrong. And I'm not saying that this is the only wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Understand that. There are plenty of other wrong things. Murder. Yeah. Murder is very wrong. Everybody knows that, and everybody agrees murder is wrong. Mm -hmm. Stealing is wrong. Everybody mm -hmm. understands that, and we understand it, and we, and, we, and we do something about it. You know, pedophilia is wrong, and we yeah. say something about that as well, and we mm -hmm. do something about that, right? Yes. This is the one thing where it has more of a lobby. You know, it's, it's, it's not like the other sins. It's more of a lobby. It's more of a backing to it as saying not this, you know? And I get it, right? If, you know, men who are attracted to other men, women who are attracted to other women, you know, I heard a great example by uh, Dr. Vody Bachman, right? Phenomenal. But his analogy was this. If a man is attracted to other men, that doesn't make him a homosexual more than a man that is attracted to multiple women makes them a polygamist. It doesn't, it's not the same, right? You have these you have these things where you're just thinking, you know, and we go into that version of the Bible or that scripture in the Bible where it says, uh, it's not what comes in that defiles you, but what comes out. It's your mm -hmm. actions, 
uh-huh. that actually defile you. Mm-hmm. We, we, you can have some things that are going internally and you pray about and it's gone. But when you act on what you're thinking about, mm-hmm. that's the chance for sin to creep in. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's what I want to mess up as well. It's just, again, like you said, sexual sin is one of the hardest things because God created sex uh, to be a blessing in marriage because it's uh, it's a metaphor and it, and it, and it's a, it's a showing of a man and a woman that symbolizes coming together in union of Christ and his bride, which is the church. Okay. And that's why people don't realize with sexual sin, it can be so damaging because when two become to come together, there is a, it's such a, it's such a, I mean, a crazy thing because it, there's a connection. There's a spiritual connection there. When you come together, you're literally coming together to be one flesh. And the soul gets bound by that. And that's why sexual sin is so damaging because it just doesn't hurt you physically. It hurts you emotionally as well. And that's why there's so many scars from any type of physical abuse because it's long lasting because it's such an intimate act that God designed to be so pure and it gets defiled. And again, this is not us. And I, I, like you said, it's not us saying like people who don't know wrong or don't know that, you know, aren't living in, in God's word. We can't hold people to that same standard. You know, you can only do is you can only show them love. You can only show them what Christ emphasized. And that was grace forgiveness and kindness but if you know god's law and you're living in it then that that's where we have to hold each other accountable because you know the truth and what does christ say you you know the truth and the truth shall set you free knowing god's truth and god's law even though jesus doesn't specifically in the Bible say, you know, homosexuality is a sin. He reaffirms the old Levitical teachings because he is the fulfillment of those Levitical teachings. That's what we miss, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Everything about the Old Testament pointed to Jesus. So, of course, he's going to endorse that because he's God. So these gray lines where people were saying, oh, well, you never said this. No. He didn't say it because he fulfilled it. He didn't need to say it, you know? Does that does that make sense? I mean, yeah. You know, it's uh so uh, here's what I say to that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just here's here's a verse and I'll give it mm-hmm. and and it and Kaza sums it up. And I'm gonna read it from the King James Version. I don't know why it's not popping up for me in the King James Version. Yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. There it is. All right, awesome. All right, so when we go to, you ever heard that that love is patient and love is kind? Of course. All right. So I want to read that real quick. And just bear with me for a second. There we go. All right, so uh, 1 Corinthians 13, chapter and four, verse 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Now, and, and, and that's the piece where, you know, a lot of people try to make the argument that you're supposed to be very loving. And which you are, 100%. 100%. But you got to read on to verse 6. Verse 6 says, Love does not delight and evil, but rejoices with truth. Right? And I'm going to say that again. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. And, and when you read in, you know, that small little piece of context right there, you got to understand, man, it's, it's, you're not supposed to love things that are evil. You're not. That's why it says love the person, hate the sin. 
that's the way that you're supposed to go through with it. Love the person, love on the person, be there for the person. The person needs a helping hand, be there, you know? But do not participate mm-hmm. in sin. You know what I'm saying? Do not look at sin as being good. Just don't. If 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 I'm over here, if I'm if I'm lying all the time or I'm if I'm doing anything that's sinful, you know it. I want you to call me. I want you to tell me. So that way, what happens if I don't know? What happens if I don't know? We go to heaven and I'm over here sinning, not even knowing that I'm sinning. And now you never said anything because you were loving on me so much that you didn't want to hurt my feelings or anything else or tell me the truth. And now my fate is sealed. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And that's the and that and that. Think about that. Think that's a real scenario. That that you will, you will miss the mark on on telling somebody the truth because we're worried about that. And I'm not saying to go out there and you can. You yeah. kind of said this earlier, right? Going out there and and holding up signs saying that hey, you're wrong, you're wrong. No, yeah. make it in a contagious way. I'm not trying to bash you. And I, if I looked at of that, course. if somebody was sitting there saying that to me, I, of course I would feel bashed. I would be like, man, like, come on, yeah. dude. There's no other way you can come across and say anything to me. You can't just talk to me one-on-one. You can't just put up, give me a little flyer on the side and I just, and just walk away or anything like that. It's just, yeah. it, it, sometimes it, it is very forceful. And I think that, you know, us as Christians, man, we got to definitely know how to be the difference between loving, right? Yeah. And coming off at the cross too hard to the point where we push people further away from God. That's not our job. Sure. Of course, of course, everybody's going to have the choices whether to receive the word or reject it. And that's said in the Bible. You know? But yeah. at the same time, right, don't you want to meet them where they are? The Bible mm-hmm. says that. You know that how Jesus always, when he went with sinners and, and sat with them, he mm-hmm. met them where they are to convert them to who he is. And that's and that's and that's what the, the, the truth of it all has to be. And, and that and that's so true. And like you said, because like going back to the Greek word pointing it's unlawful. You know, the sexual immorality was unlawful. And you know, that's where it was. Because like you said, he Jesus clearly endorsed the Old Testament version of marriage. He says, you know, it's it's an inviolable covenant between one man and one woman. And he clearly viewed unlawful sex as being the same thing that defiles a person and places them outside of the kingdom of God. And like he said, he didn't use the word homosexuality, but neither did he, like he said, use the word incest or bestiality. He didn't need to because anything that defiles the law was unlawful. And according to him, it's unlawful sex, and it is a sin, because guess why? Sin separates us from God. But there's a great truth that, you know, the people, when they attack people who don't know any better, they say these words, and it's hurtful. But they never follow up with the greatest commandment. But thanks to Jesus, because he came to offer his life as a sacrifice of atonement, he's therefore able to offer us forgiveness. And he's able to change the the laws that were broken into restoration. Jesus told us that he was going to the cross in order to secure our forgiveness for broken men and women like you, me, and everyone else, Troy. Just like that. And as the Last Supper you know, he passed his cups to his disciples and said, this is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness and sins of Matthew 26, 28. So that is all he did, regardless of what happened. He said, it does not matter because I'm coming to make a way for there to be restoration where the law can be fulfilled and when this happened when he gave his life what happened in the temple you remember in the temple in all the biblical times in all jewish law there was a curtain that separated us from god because the law you know because of the the law of moses the law of god that you cannot enter into the most holy place without doing these certain things the curtain ripped because he fulfilled that law So, walk in assurance that you're a new creation. 
and that no matter what, you have God who loved you that much, regardless of what your sin was, to offer his only son as the ultimate sacrifice. So then you turn from that sin and you're a new, you're a new, you're a new being. You don't let it, you don't live in it. And that's for anything. That's for any sin. You don't live in that. You stand assured that say God has made me new and you walk in that boldness and you ask for his help every day. Because that's what I do. And again, that's everything. And that's where we miss the mark with it all. We, we blame, we attack, but we show no, we show no, although well, a lot of people we show no way of the restoration and what comes after the correction. Because what comes after when you scold a child? There comes forgiveness. There becomes love. There becomes mercy. Because like any parent to their child, you, you don't want them to do wrong. And you're going to get upset when they do something because they disobeyed you. But once they come back and they ask for forgiveness, it's done. It's changed. So you don't hold on to that. You walk in that new assurance. Yeah. yeah I think, and, uh, you know, I, I like to talk about the judging part. Yeah, this, is, this is usually the battle. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the battles that is faced and, and said constantly that, hey, you're not supposed to judge. You're yeah. not supposed to judge. You can't be judging me and all this stuff like that, right? And yeah. and I, I want to, I really want to emphasize on what the Word of God says. I'll tell you, this mm-hmm. is where it comes to like studying your Word of God and actually diving in to understand it. You know, and this is this goes for anybody, like whatever, mm-hmm. whatever's going on, and and you're trying to correct the behavior or even tell somebody that hey, what you're doing is wrong. You know, yeah. let's get off. Let's get off the case of you know the. LGBTQ community right now. We'll talk about anything else. If yeah, you're trying to correct correct whatever it is, and somebody's saying, "Hey, don't judge me," you know, mm-hmm. it, there's there's a there's a small there's a fifty fifty shot on that. And I'm, I'm about to read it to you. Okay. So Matthew chapter seven verses one through five, and I'm gonna read it from the ESV, so it's a little bit clearer. Okay. So judge not that you be not judged. This is where people stop. They're like, "Oh man, I got him." You can't judge me. That's only for God. You know? Yeah. For And now let's read the verse 2. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. So the same exact way you judge other people is the same way you're going to get judged in heaven. And that's what's stated in the word of God. So continue sure. to read on. Verse 3. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the law that is in your own eye. Mm-hmm. You know? And then people will stop right here and be like, see, you can't judge me. You can be judged the same according way. You can't say anything about me. You know, why are you being so judgmental? You know, look at that law that's in your own eye, right? But if you read mm-hmm. a little bit further, it says, verse 4, or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your own eye, out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye, number five, verse five, it says, you hypocrite, first take out the log out of your own eye. You see what just happened there? Yeah. You just corrected the behavior. So whatever you're being judged on, you're judging somebody on and you're being a hypocrite about fix yourself first before you can judge anybody else. Because if you read on, it says here, I'm going to read it again. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You are now able to judge after the fact. You understand? Yeah. After yeah. you have made your way through and you're done and you're no longer bound by that sin, you can now judge because you aren't in that same atmosphere or realm. You get what I'm saying? And I mm-hmm. think when people hear that, judge not that you do not, that you, that you should not be judged, it's, it's, it's finicky. You have to be clear and precise on it. And one, the person that is judging have to have their stuff together. You have to. You cannot sit there and come out jumping out of the box and tell somebody else about their sins and you are over here being lukewarm. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's false. And I think Christians get a bad rap for that because they do that a lot where we have our own little things that we are in constant sin and constant battle for and we aren't doing anything about it, you know, and, but yet 
where it's telling somebody else to go ahead and get their stuff together. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't work right. That's the wrong way of going about it. To be loving is to judge in a way that this think about it. It's saying the same measure that you judge somebody is the same that's gonna be measured to you on your judgment. Yeah. Don't you wanna come across and tell somebody like, hey, I just wanna let you know that I don't know if you knew already, but mm-hmm. you know, I, in our religion that is considered a sin. I don't know what religion you are believing in, you know, and if it is a part of Christianity, I just want to let you know that, hey, it does say this, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I just want to make sure you knew, and I'm not trying to offend you or anything like that, and that's it, and just be done, because think about that, if you're judged the same way, don't you think it's going to come off a little bit kosher like that to you? Yeah. If the word is true, and it's saying that, hey, the same step, the same measure that you're judging is going to be used against you, don't you want to go ahead and have it not come off as harsh? Let's, 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 let's do the harsh way. Oh, you're wrong. You shouldn't have been doing that. That's wrong. You know what? Hey, don't even do this no more. Do you do, 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 do. Now, now it's coming back tenfold. Now you're on the same path. Or, or God's going to put somebody in your life that's going to have judge you in a way that you didn't want to be judged to soften you up. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I say all this just to understand this thing, right, about the judging portion about it all, just to make sure it's clear to everyone, you know, that when we're talking about this particular issue, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit harder because of the look of, of it all and everything else exactly. that's transpired already, you know, definitely mm-hmm. social media has played a big role into it. Of course. Or whatever else, right, media, all types of attention, political, all of that has played a factor into pushing the agenda a little bit more hard, a little bit harder than anything else, you know? And 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 I want to say this, you know, just because it's, it's portions of mind control that you can just, if you don't believe me, look it up, right? And it starts with three things. So the first thing is desensitizing. If I put, let's say, for instance, you're not supposed to eat candy, you know, yeah. And I keep putting candy in front of you all the time, right? And you know that it's bad. You see everybody around eating candy. You see everybody else around you eating candy. It's at work. It's at home. Everybody's doing candy. Every time you turn the TV on, every commercial or movie you see, it, people are eating candy, right? Yeah. So it's there. So that's desensitizing you because you're seeing it so much. Then jamming. Jamming happens next. And jamming is literally you're seeing candy so much. And when you tell, start telling people that, hey, candy is bad for you, they're like, oh, you can't tell me that. Oh, you're a bad guy. Oh, 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 you're a candy sis. You can't be doing none of that. Or, you you know, and you just, you, it keeps beating it to the point where it's jamming you up because you can't say anything or open your mouth. You know, and it's the same thing that's happened with Christianity because when you open your mouth up to say anything that is related to sin because everybody doesn't believe in the same thing, you're getting jammed back. And now it feels as though, you can't say anything. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And then last, the last point of it all goes into conversion. Yeah. The conversion phase is the most dangerous because now you already got desensitized. You got jammed into talking. You, know, you can't say anything. And now conversion is like we're flipping the script into this is the new way of life. You get what I'm saying? And that's how it goes, right? Desensitizing, jamming, and conversion. You know? And I, and I understand that, that you know, they're Every uh, person of the community isn't like that. I 100% understand. Some people just want to be left alone. Some people even believe in God, and they're full-blown Christians, and they love God. And I, I, and I like that. And, you know, and, I, and I'm not talking to you. I know God is working on you in your own realm, and I pray that he is. You know? yeah. But I'm praying for the more of the ones and talking about more of the ones who have been bashed by the church and don't feel as though there's a way in, and they can understand why the church is coming at them like this. And that's what the whole purpose of this podcast is is to let you know yeah. hey this is how it's seen and this is what is going on and this is the things that you may not have known already and i hope that you're understanding now yeah, you you're on you're you hit on the money because like just to go back to what you're saying jesus you know he instructed his followers to judge correctly you know because he said Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. From John 7, 24. Because honestly, only God can see the whole picture. 
and he only truly knows the heart, the motive, and the intent of a person. However, you know, we as believers can judge situations, actions, by God's word that we know from sin, and that's from righteousness, truth, from deceit, and believers from false teachers. But to judge by appearance in sin is to judge... Um, I'm sorry, to judge by appearance it is a sin. Sorry, because to judge correctly is what Jesus taught us. You know what I mean? He said, the judge, it draws a conclusion or an opinion. The danger in judging others is that we may come to a negative or wrong conclusion about someone based on what we see rather than the whole truth. See, Jesus, he helped his followers better understand the danger of judgment and, and temptation by providing a good way in Matthew 7, 18 through 20. It says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. Therefore, by the fruits you will know them. God wants us to be wise and observant in it all, to see what's happening around us. He wants us to not be deceived and to make rash judgments we need to judge according to God's word, in some cases, correctly by how the fruits are bared. But that's showing the fruits being bared is showing how someone's heart is. And you judge and you see by their act you, you know the saying, judge by your actions, not by your words. So unfortunately, if we do judge incorrectly, it is a sin because we're placing a judgment wrongly and we don't know the whole context. We really need to know that only God is the true judge. We need to go ahead and show um, um, judging and changing by showing love. That's the most important thing in it all. Because Jesus pointed out this, Jesus pointed out sin and the errors, but he did it in a loving way. You know, like you said, he, he spent time with people. He, he met them where they were. Mm-hmm. And when he had that trust, then he could tell them, hey, turn from what you're doing and follow me. That's exactly. the ultimate act is compassion. It's love. It's kindness. And mm-hmm. if someone is struggling with this, sin, it's our role to approach them gently through prayer and discernment. And then we can show God's truth, humility, and in love. And that is more powerful than me going up to someone screaming what you're doing is wrong god hates you blah turn away from me said now what impact have i made where you are now seeing god as an angry unloving god who hates you where you don't know what you don't know who you are and this is all you've ever known and you think why did god make me this way if he hates me so much the truth is that we're all born in sin and we live in sin but Christ came to die for us, and we, if we show grace, if we show mercy, if we show compassion, and if we truly love on people and do it with sincerement, not with alternative motive, not to make people change, because, again, that's on God, and that's their relationship with God will do the rest. Just show love, and then God will work. You yeah. know? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I really sorry. I got I'll, a little tongue tied there. I was trying to process my thoughts, and I was, you know, very <laughs> passionate about this subject. So I get a little tongue tied when I'm thinking about different next steps. So it's tough, man. It's uh-huh. such a, it's such a delicate topic that it you want to do it with sincerity, and again, never want to ostracize or make people feel un- feel bad 100%. or feel yeah, feel like you know. Oh, uh, here's another Christian podcast telling me about a horrible center going out. Yeah. And, and what I know, you know, why no. I, this is who I am. You know, this yeah. is how they feel. And that's what, and that's not that's not the intent at all. No, that's, it's not that, at that's all. nowhere near. You know, and that, it, that's and that, not Christian like to even think not, about ostracizing you. No, I want you to come into the church. Like I exactly. I'm pleading for it, right? I think honestly to tell you the truth, you gotta understand this, man. Um yeah. there's so many parables where, you mm-hmm. know, or not parables, excuse me, stories where Jesus was talking about with, with his disciples and meeting them where they were. You know, yes. they these aren't the average guys who you think. They weren't, none of them were already in the church. They weren't priests or anything like that. You know, they were they were different type of people. Some were, they had 
you know, their own little individual trials going on. But they, they were able to reach certain people from their own backings, their own backgrounds. Yes. So it was making it easier for them to interrelate with going out to spread the gospel with certain people because it, mm-hmm. it made sense. So, of course, man, I want you to come to God. Of course. Because where you are right now, you have the ability to reach more. Think about when Paul got converted and he was persecuting Christians. Oh, yeah, man. Right? And yeah. when he got converted to being one of the greatest apostles, right? I'm not going to say the, great, the greatest apostle, but one of the great apostles, right? Well, he wrote the, he wrote the majority of the New Testament. He did, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, hey, my title to give him, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, he, he was converted, and the same one that was persecuting Christians was now the person out here preaching the gospel. Yeah. You know, and I, and I find that if you think about it, man, he and he was able to do so much because people were like, oh, snap, they're going to have him change who he was. This is the same guy that was persecuting Christians. Oh, yeah. it, it turned an ear to like what he had to say now. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think this is you got to understand, like, this is more of a we want you to come to God. And and if somebody has hurt you in a way where you feel as though you can't come back, right? One, and I, one, one, just to speak on this thing, right? I like to think of church like this. Yeah, man. Every church is different. There are different yeah. churches for people, right? Some yeah. churches may not jive with you in the right way, right? Yeah. And it, and and what I mean by that is, is think about it like this: sometimes we go to church for people versus going to church for God. And sure. to get closer with him, to understand his word more, to get yeah. preached the word, right? And get our tank filled up. Mm-hmm. But we go there for people, get burned by people. And now we reject all these other churches saying, oh, all these churches are the same. They're just like this. So those people that were bashing me, that's how all churches are. No, yeah. that's not it. Think about it like this. Mm-hmm. All you got was food poisoning. You got food poisoning because that one person from a church mm-hmm. made you not want to come back anymore. Or made you sure. not like church, or made you not like God. Yeah. So now you have food poisoning. Yes. But think about this: the thing about food poisoning is, if you went to a restaurant and you got food poisoning, you will still eat out. You're not going to stay in your house and say, "I'm never going to eat out again," right? True. You're going to always mm-hmm. go back out. You're just never going to eat at that same restaurant again. Yeah. So think about that. The same thing with churches. If you go into a church and they did you wrong, right? And I'm sorry for that. Or, or somebody bashed you and it wasn't the right way. I'm mm-hmm. sorry for that. But there are more churches to go to mm-hmm. for you to go ahead and get your word in, to grow closer, to build a relationship, mm-hmm. to, to usher you in and shepherd you in. You know? Yeah. So don't, don't, don't take that food poisoning and treat it as every single church is the same or every single restaurant is the same. True. You know? Yes. And that's that's such a powerful analogy, and just doing a little bit of research while you were talking as well, uh, just about judging that you know that it's just funny how God works because He knows the importance of everything. Do you know that there are thirty Bible scriptures on judging others and how to do it correctly? That shows that there's the importance here because Jesus knew and God knew that hey we're gonna mess it up. We're going to not do it properly. So let me give you 30 key points on how to judge people righteously, by the way. Judging righteously, not slandering, not aggressive, judging righteously. From Luke 6.3, John 7.24. I'm going to name all of them quickly. James 4.12. I want people to look at these. Ephesians 4.29. Matthew 7.5. 1 Corinthians 2 through 15, then 1 Corinthians 4 through 5, 1 Samuel 16 through 7, 2 Corinthians 5 through 10, Galatians 5 14, Galatians 6 1, Isaiah 11 3, James 1 26, James 3 17, James 4 11, James 5 9, John 3 17, John 8 7, Leviticus. I might add Leviticus, even the same Leviticus that we talked about before, 631, and I'll go on and on, actually. I'm not going to do all of it, because that's actually kind of annoying. 
but I'll put them in the podcast later. But what I want you to show, what I want to show you about it, honestly, is that from Old Testament to New Testament, God shows a way to really put you in a right mindset of presenting people with a loving way, a loving practice of bringing them to Christ. And I get excited again. I'm not going to list all 30 of them. I just realized that's kind of too much. You know, we're already going over an hour already of talking. So, yeah, we'll put those in the show notes. What do you think, Troy? I think I think that's a perfect idea. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. I get to, like I said, I get I get fired up with stuff sometimes. So, I apologize. But again, thirty passages, compelling Bible scriptures on judging correctly, and that's with love, compassion, and sometimes that means having hard talks and having uncomfortable talks. But if we do it in a way where it's a safe place for people, and I know that sounds very cliche, but it's a safe place where they can feel not attacked, not ostracized, not hurt, not damaged, but showing compassion, grace, and the love of Christ, then that's the most powerful thing. And that's all we're trying to do, like Troy said, is do this in a loving way where it hasn't been done before. And where some churches try to approach it in a loving way, but miss the mark completely. Because they assume that we already know something, and that's the levels of areas of gray where we have to be careful. you got to state sin is a sin, but here's the course correction. How are we going to tackle this, and how are we going to love together? There you go. And, and that's perfect. You know, I, yeah. um, if you feel as though you're ostracized, you know, and this message is for you, and you've been listening this long. Right. Um, Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to say, um, if you're feeling ostracized by that church or or that group, get away from them, because that's 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 not the intention, right? And I'm telling you, that's not it. There is a church out there for you that's near you or close to you that wants to reach you where you are, yeah. and for God to change you if that's the possibility, mm-hmm. right? And that's I just want you to understand that clearly, yeah. you know. And um, I, I want to. I want to elaborate on the heart, but I want to save that for another podcast. And the piece, this, this, I've been studying the heart, and it's crazy, right? I think that it's, um, it's, it's phenomenal. I think we don't give the heart uh, a much, a lot of emphasis on, to the point as know. to what this thing, right? I don't want you guys to catch this one small thing. Everything dealing with the heart deals with the mind. And everything that deals with the mind deals with the heart. If you look in the scriptures throughout the Bible, they are always referenced synonymously together. Uh-huh. Right? And and what I mean by that is think about it like this. You ever said, hey, I was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. You know, but it hurts you and just can't get it off your mind. <laughs> right? You are heartbroken and you can't get it off your mind. You know? Yeah. And it's something that was you were desiring that that you can't, it would, probably wasn't for you or it broke your heart because it went against your intentions or your desires, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the Bible says to guard your heart. And your mind. You know? To guard yeah. your heart. Above all things, mm-hmm. guard your heart. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and I, I want you guys to understand it, right? Because certain things that you may be doing, you're thinking that I'm in love or, or I can't get out of this because I'm in love. You know, it, you got to think about what is the real intention of it all. Is it good or is it evil? Is it bad or good? Because if you're feeling as though it's good, then it might be good. But if you're feeling as though it's bad, then it's a good chance it's bad. And I think you will know that way. You just part mm-hmm. for those things. And I really want to jump into that podcast next time. But I think well, that's, that's probably we'll do next time. There it go. As you yeah. heard it, folks. Next time on Come Closer. <laughs> the heart, yeah, man. The heart, man. Yeah, and you're right because you know God made God met you, and He met me, Troy, where we are. Mm -hmm. So let us meet you, and let God meet you where you are right now, and be open to a dialogue, and be open to what He has to say. Amen. And then let Him take the rest. That's all you need to do. Amen. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. What do you think, man? You want to continue, or do you think? Nah, I, I think, think we're we at, had, we're yeah. at a great point. We're at a great point, yeah, man. You know, and I, I, 
I pray that this message reached, you know, uh, all who are listening in attendance. And um, yeah, I pray that that this hit home and cleared up a few things for you. And then, uh, as always, right, um, as we post this, uh, come closer on our our page, yeah. this podcast on our page, feel free to comment. Um, mm-hmm. And we can have, a, you know, another conversation after that. And, mm-hmm. you know, feel free to share this message to whoever, you know, mm-hmm. it's not hiding. It's, we're, we're honestly telling you, we're trying to reach people where they are. And I understand, like, I, I, I want to tell, I think next time when we get into the heart, our next podcast, I'll tell a little bit about my story, about what I was doing in my life prior to, just so you understand that, hey, you know, God makes a way somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And your your situation isn't going to be your downfall unless you let it. All you got to do is pray your way out. Amen. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a powerful way to get to share testimonies as well. So learning new revelations today. So that's just, <laughs> like I said, letting where the spirit leads, man. All right. So do you want to end it out in prayer? Try, nah, I think nah, it's that's all you. Okay. That's all you. All right. So Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks that we are able to to have these tough conversations and do it in a way that we can show a different side where people have felt like they've been hurt by the church for who they are, but show it it in a compassion and a love and a mercy where there is sincerity, where there is truth, where we are coming without judgment, without accusation, but saying that God saw me where I am. Let him see you where you are. Enter into that relationship with him and have the most amazing supernatural experience that would change your life. We thank you, Lord, for this podcast. We thank you for the people that are listening. We thank you that we're able to have these tough conversations. Thank you for challenging us to push your kingdom, push your narrative, and push your love so we can reach the world and show that Christ in it all is good, he's God, and he has a plan and destiny for our lives. In your holy name we pray, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Amen. 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 Thank you for having us, guys. Yeah, buddy. Thank you. And again, we say this each time, and I truly do mean it. We're definitely going to try not to make it like months or weeks at a time. We're trying to do this more on a consistent schedule, but (laughs) <laughs> we just let we kind of we're busy guys like you said yeah. troy is troy's in the military i work in law enforcement so it's 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 busy man so it's a it's a busy time but we are really grateful and thankful for what we need to do and thank you for having us and troy sign us out buddy yeah man hey, y'all ever had a you remember golden girls like when they were going off or coming on Thank you for oh. being my friend. All right, everybody. Yeah, yeah have a great day. Back week. again. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like you know, like that Reba song. You remember the the Reba song? Reba Have you song. ever watched Reba? Or is that is that too country? You talking Reba? Remember? Reba McIntyre? Yeah, Reba McIntyre. What it, what it, what is that? A single mom that works too. <laughs> it's kind of the same. <laughs> All right. Before we go on another tangent. God bless you guys. Have a good one, okay? All right. Have a great week, guys. All right. Be blessed, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and checking out the Come Closer podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can check us out at Come Closer on Facebook and YouTube. We've attached those links in the show notes.